In reality television, the people are represented by two separate but equally obsessed attorneys. This is their podcast. Hi, I'm Ceci. And I'm Angela. And this is the Bravo Docket. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Bravo Docket. So we are taking a break from our regularly scheduled content, which was supposed to be part two of Melissa and Joe Gorga. We have a whole episode about that that we'll probably release next week. But we had to turn to the many legal issues that have come out of this Ariana, Tom Sandoval, Raquel cheating scandal that has just rocked everyone's world the past week and a half. Yeah, Ceci had a really funny TikTok that she posted where she was trying to explain it to her real house husband of the Bravo talk. (laughs) And then I was trying to explain it to John. I wish I could credit whoever I got this from. It was in an article in Bustle or something. Imagine if Chandler cheated on Monica with Rachel for six months behind Monica's back and the type of response you would have to that. That's kind of how we all feel about this situation. Yeah. And before before we dive in, I was at the Crappies in LA a couple weeks ago, a week before this all came out, actually, like a few days with Ariana. I met Ariana beforehand and it was a really good mix of people at the show. And someone introduced me to Ariana and was like, oh, she has a legal podcast. And I told her, I was like, oh, yeah, we haven't done anything for Vanderpump. There hasn't been anything like groundbreaking yet on Vanderpump rules. So we just haven't covered it. And she was like, yeah, gosh, knock on wood. And I don't think either of us actually knocked on wood. And then this came out. So I don't want to say that I caused this to happen. And when I said when I told her that there hasn't been any legal scandals, I was thinking like a Girardi or like a Jen Shaw. I know there's been things with Randall and the various divorces that have gone on, but (laughs) I don't want to say like put it into the universe, but I don't know. It just it weirds me out that it was literally four days before all this happened. And I was like, oh, yeah, we've never spoken about Vanderpump Rules. And here we are. Here we are. But she was lovely. Everyone is. I mean, everyone's talked about how she's just a lovely person. I was listening to the sort of emergency episode that Watch What Crappens did. And they were talking about Ariana and Tom and how they had met them and hung out with them before. And they were they both said that Ariana just was probably the most normal person and just very nice and just lovely. So I think that's she why everybody's crappies before. I yeah. Mean, that's, that's really nice, you know? Yeah. Good person. I think that's why everyone's so upset about it. It's because Thinking about all the other cheating scandals on Vanderpump Rules, everybody was in the same sort of position and everyone was cheating on everyone. There weren't any sort of good actors. No one had bought houses with each other yet. People hadn't really started businesses with each other. And this is just this is just different. This is there's just a lot. It's a lot more complicated. We're going to go into this in the podcast and talk about a lot of the legal complications that are coming from this. But first, we're going to give you a little bit of a timeline just to refresh everyone. Yeah, so February 10, 2014, Tom Sandoval and Ariana Maddox confirmed their relationship during this season two reunion that had a little bit of drama with it with Kristen. And did they cheat when they were in a relationship or not? Did they kiss? Was it an emotional affair? I remember. And it involved Coachella. Always. Always. They, you know... (laughs) Don't 
be letting a man named Tom go to Coachella with someone else. (laughs) Not good. But these two, they had a lot of chemistry in the beginning of their relationship. They were very devoted to each other. They stayed together for quite some time, obviously. February 2019, Sandoval and Ariana buy a house that was widely covered. And yeah, it looked like they were in it for the long haul. I mean, getting a mortgage together with somebody is a big commitment, as we're going to explain and go through all of those issues. So, you know, Ariana has been pretty open about the fact that she really didn't want to get married, but she was obviously willing to have a pretty big commitment with Sandoval. They bought a house together. So it's a pretty big deal. Next, um, this is kind of switching gears a little bit, but this has to do with the Tom's new bar slash restaurant slash lounge that is partially owned by Greg Morris. So he owns the lease for the commercial property where the restaurant is located. And on March 3rd, 2021, he was actually sued for non-payment of rent by the commercial property owner for a lot of money. You want to talk about that? So this is March 3rd, 2021. COVID hit everything really hard. This really does seem to be COVID related, not that he was a deadbeat or not paying his bills or something else or a bad business owner. In Greg's response to the lawsuit, he does cite several statutes that the city of Los Angeles enacted to help people in Greg's situation. So they ended up working that out. They ended up keeping the lease. We're going to go into more of that later. But this is just to show that Greg had some incentive to get a new deal going on with the space. May 2021, season nine of Vanderpump Rules starts filming. And we know this because Sheena had already had her baby, which was born in April. And then we see the May 19th, 2021 engagement, where Sandoval paid for half of the $25,000 cost for Raquel and James Kennedy's engagement party, which was Coachella themed. No one is that benevolent with their kind of friends engagement party. If he hadn't just like been trying to buy a house and start a business, it would make more sense. I could see sort of investing in that for the filming. And I think at the time when I watched it, the story I was telling myself in my head that it was secretly for Ariana too, that Ariana probably wouldn't have liked something so big and flashy, but it gave Tom an excuse to do it. It seemed like Tom and Ariana were really happy at the time. They were there. They were enjoying it. I don't know. That was the story I was telling myself in my head. (laughs) Then on July 9, 2021, Sandoval takes out a home equity loan for $235,000 for Shorts and Sandys. We know that Shorts tried to take out a loan and he could not. Yeah, and we're going to really get into that As we go on in this episode, we spent quite a bit of time pulling property records and public records for all of that. Then November 2021, and this isn't when this happened, but this is just when it aired. And I just wanted to, I couldn't get over this when I watched it, but this is the episode of Vanderpump Rules where Schwartz and Sandoval pitched their bar idea to Greg Morris, who's the Greg that we see on the show that's their, the lease owner. With the following sort of mission statement, quote, I don't even know if I can say this, <laughs> quote, Ceci, I can't, I'm going to start laughing. You have to read that. <laughs> okay. Shorts and Sandy's is a funkadelic dive lounge where you check your worries at the door and escape reality. We hope to bridge the familiarity with your best night out with the deja vu of your future fantasy. What does that mean? <laughs> what is the deja vu of your future fantasy? I don't think that's how deja vu works. It's word salad. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, moving on, December 5th, 2021. That's when we find out that Raquel and James Kennedy have called off their engagement. Then April 2022, Sandoval and Raquel are seen at Coachella together. I mean, we don't know the specifics of when their relationship started, but I have a feeling that what happened is someone saw them together was like, Tom and Raquel are together, and that's what sparked the Schwartz rumors. But yeah, that's yeah, me I think putting that's on right. my conspiracy theory top hat. So then, July 2022, season 10 of Vanderpump Rules starts filming, and it's rumored that's when the affair between Tom Sandoval and Raquel began. But we don't have specifics yet. It looks like we're going to find out as the show goes on this season. Yeah, I mean, one date to add to this is October BravoCon. Oh, yeah. Raquel was seen wearing the 
merch of Tom Sandoval's band. Yeah. We didn't go to that concert. I wasn't really interested. No, we did <laughs> but... see both of them at one of the parties, like the private party. Mm-hmm. I think on the last day we were there. They were shorter than I was expecting. Everyone's shorter. <laughs> Except the Southern Charm people are taller than I thought. I was expecting them to be tall because everyone's like, why does everyone like them so much? Why are they so great? They're just basic white dudes and everybody's all they're tall. <laughs> so. so the November 2nd, 2022 Shorts and Sandies finally opens. And then March, as we all know, March 2023, this current month that we're in, the affair is revealed. And then I wanted to add specifics because we're going to talk about these in this episode March 2nd is the night that Raquel and Sheena allegedly got into a fight, according to Raquel, and the night when Ariana found out about what was going on. Raquel goes to urgent care on March 4th, 2023. March 7th, Raquel files the restraining order against Sheena. And then March 7th, that same day, Raquel's counsel sends a letter to various cast members asking them to cease and desist certain behavior, which we'll get into. Yes. All right. So we're going to go through a lot of these issues. And the first one we're going to talk about is Tom and Ariana's house. Yeah, this was the biggest question we got. I've copied it here. It says, legally speaking, what do you think is going to happen with their house? Any way to tell whose name is on the deed? It seems like he's put a lot of money into the bar. I hope Ariana has more claim to the house. The answer to that question depends on property law rights, marital status, and whether or not they have any written agreements in place. Ceci, can either Sandoval or Ariana claim common law marriage? They cannot. California is a state that doesn't recognize common law marriage. And common law marriage is a marriage that is legally recognized between two people that have not purchased a marriage license or had their marriage solemnized by a ceremony. Most states don't actually recognize common law marriage Some do. Colorado, Iowa, Kansas, Montana, New Hampshire, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, South Carolina, Texas, Utah, and the District of Columbia are the only states and locations that still recognize common law marriage. But that that list keeps decreasing. There were there were more as of 2015. And that just keeps going down. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a holdover from when back in the day. Let's say you lived out in a remote area in the 1800s or something, and there wasn't a justice of the peace or a judge that could perform your marriage ceremony and get a license. And it it actually did help protect women because if you're living out on a ranch in Kansas somewhere and your husband dies in a farming accident, you could say, well, we may not have a marriage license, but I've lived with him. We've held ourselves out to be married. This property is also mine. So California does not recognize common law marriage, but it does recognize palimony. Ceci, what is palimony? So this means that if a couple lives together for an extended period of time and then splits, they have a right to receive support or property acquired during the relationship. It's not addressed in family courts. It's more like a contract between the couple, and it concerns the disposition of the property and certain contracts. So we've talked about contracts before, but just a little refresher. In a legally binding contract, there has to be offer, acceptance, and consideration. And consideration means that both parties must have provided something of value to the other. So a promise to give a gift, for example, is not a legally binding contract because there has to be consideration. So if a couple live together, the parties seeking palimony might argue that his or her consideration was the provision of domestic services or something else. We actually talked about this, I think, in our Noella and James episode, because I think Sweet James was also sued for palimony from a different person, not Noella. But this is really interesting. So for one, sexual services cannot be used as consideration. You can't say, well, I was having sex with that person and they promised to take care of me because that would be basically legalizing prostitution. There was a Supreme Court case of Marvin versus Marvin. So in Marvin versus Marvin, Michelle Triola filed a claim against her longtime boyfriend, actor Lee Marvin, in 1976. And I looked him up and he was in a ton of movies. He actually won an Oscar. And so Michelle claimed... Oh, happy Oscars Day, everyone. That's going on oh, right yeah. now. It is today. Oscars Day. Yeah. we're recording. <laughs> So Michelle claimed that Marvin promised to financially support her if she gave up her career to become a homemaker for him. After they broke up, 
Triola filed a claim for half of Marvin's earnings during the relationship, even though they never married, and she did not have the agreement in writing. The California Supreme Court ruled in Triola's favor, awarding her palimony. So Marvin versus Marvin established that unmarried spouses can receive spousal support if they prove their eligibility. So what do, what do you typically have to prove to show eligibility in California for palimony? So you have to show that there was a contract ex- established, either written or implied, and that the contract makes the petitioner, so the person seeking the palimony, eligible for spousal support after the split. So note that California courts will not rule in favor of a petitioner, so the person seeking the, the palimony, alimony, <laughs> here, <laughs> unless he or she has a written palimony agreement or cohabitation agreement. Yeah, and I do when when I was reading this, I was thinking about it like a, a normal divorce. It's kind of like in a divorce proceeding, alimony is decided as part of the proceeding in a way. But here, it's like the person that wants payment or a portion of the house in the separation has to separately seek it. You have to go out and file something. It's not. It's not like you break up and you automatically get palimony. You have to actually file an action for it. An oral contract for palimony couldn't affect your property rights because all contracts involving property have to be in writing. That's the statute of frauds. You can't have unwritten contracts involving the sale or distribution of real property. But you can have palimony claims for essentially alimony, which is support, you know, saying someone, oh, agreed to pay my rent. They were paying for this apartment or paying for whatever. So you could make a claim for that. But you can't claim ownership over real property unless it's in writing. So what do you think? Could either of them claim palimony? I mean, I don't know. We're going to talk about this more, but I really hope that they had some other types of written agreements, maybe. But I don't think so. I think they're both kind of on even footing here. I think they technically could if they had an agreement in place, oral or written or otherwise, they could. But I don't think either, either one is going to seek palimony. So just to throw it in here, California recognizes domestic partnerships. It's one of the few states that do. And usually when you think of a domestic partnership, you think of same-sex couples, but opposite-sex couples can be in a domestic partnership as well. And there's some benefits that California gives to people in domestic partnerships. They're not as expansive as if you were in a formal marriage, but it's things like you have the right to adopt, you have legal rights to children, family leave for a partner in need. You get the right to bereavement leave, but you have to qualify for it and actually register for it. So I don't think they're in a domestic partnership either, though. But I wanted to throw that in there. Some fun California stuff. Okay, so back to the house. We know what Ariana said to Lisa Vanderpump about their house. So yeah, there was a clip going around on TikTok. (laughs) It was kind of timely. I've seen a bunch of different Vanderpump rules TikTok clips recently, like one where there were a bunch of comedians promoting a movie back in 2015, and they did a skit with a bunch of VPR people. I thought that was kind of fun to watch. It was like Seth Rogen. Oh, really? Uh huh. Alana from Broad City. I'll have to post it somewhere. But you gotta be sending me these TikToks. That's like my love language is when people (laughs) send me TikToks. (laughs) That's where I saw this clip, and it's Ariana explaining to Lisa Vanderpump how she's going to be safe. She's like, oh, it's only this loan is only in Tom's name for Tom's portion of the property. And Lisa's like, what the what the heck are you talking about? Yeah. Here. OK, you just be Ariana and I'll be Lisa. <laughs> He's doing that loan, but it's only against his own equity. It doesn't affect me at all. What do you mean it's only against his equity? I'm not sure Ariana quite understands the concept of putting your house up as collateral. If they default on their loan, then the bank never goes and takes half the house back. It's like, Ariana, you stay in bed. We only want Tom's half. It doesn't work like that. Ariana said all of the financial responsibility is on him and him alone. And my financial responsibilities are remaining intact. I spent quite a bit of time looking up property records on this. I'm going to be very honest. I did not like property law in law school. It's not my favorite class. I like to stay in trust. Did not like property law. Part of it and was... I loved property. So I just want to throw that in there. Well, part of it was like the exams for our property law professor. It was just one question, one terribly confusing, horrible question for the entire exam. 
I don't know. I think I liked it because it's not as subjective as a lot of law is. It's kind of like this is the law. Yeah, you have to put in some kind of math and logical thought into it. But I like how kind of strict it is. According to the publicly filed documents, Sandoval and Ariana are joint tenants. In joint tenancy, co-owners are named at the same time and are on the same deed, which is what has happened here. If they added somebody else to the home later, it would become a tenancy in common. And actually, it would probably be better for Ariana if they were tenants in common, but they are not. A joint tenancy agreement gives equal shares to two parties and is most commonly seen as community property among married couples and domestic partners. When Tom took out the loan, it says this deed of trust made this ninth day of July 2021 between Thomas Sandoval, a single man, and Ariana Maddox, a single woman, as joint tenants. And then it gives their address, which we're not giving out. This is recorded in their signatures are 100% on there. So they agreed to all of the terms of it. So I don't see any way that Ariana is not on the hook for this. And Lisa Vanderpump, her concerns that we all saw were very reasonable. So I guess the reason it's so important to note that she is on the hook for the loan is that the home is collateral here for the loan, right? Mm-hmm. It's so a home equity he, loan. Yeah. Yeah. So if he forecloses on the loan or you know, doesn't make payment on it or can't keep up with with the loan, then they can completely foreclose the home and she's screwed out of her home. So she's on the hook for the loan too. If Sandoval cannot pay that loan back, then the bank could order that the house be sold. So this could really screw over Ariana. Let's let's talk about Tom's business now. We're talking of course, about Schwartz and Sandy's. And there was one question if Ariana has any claim to it. I don't see how. No. (laughs) And I don't think she wants any claim to it. (laughs) No. The only financial connection she has to it is the loan. As we've just discussed, the home equity loan for Schwartz and Sandy's could negatively affect Ariana. We're going to go through the sort of business arrangements and things that we understand that we were able to look up from public documents and that we know from things that were said on the show. Greg Morris is the one that has the lease on this space where Schwartz and Sandy's is. And it used to be a different restaurant. I think it was like La Villa Cantina or something. Greg Morris has the lease. Greg does not own this property. He owns the lease. And that's very common. Commercial property owners own entire strip malls, other types of commercial property, and then they lease them out. And the commercial property owner always has the upper hand in these types of arrangements because they own the land. They own the property. They own the structure. So Greg Morris has the lease, and he has the lease via an LLC. And the LLC is Victor's Square Hospitality LLC. That lease is personally guaranteed by Greg Morris, which is also very common. Yeah, so I was going to say the reason that they're probably pairing up with Greg is because he's a, a restaurateur in the area. He has many other restaurants. He has one called Belmont Lounge, Oak Fire Pizzeria, and a few others. So he's in this business. He knows how it works. Yeah. And his business partner slash wife looks pretty cool. Her name's Jolene Lentz, and you can Google her biography. It's pretty neat. She's done a lot of stuff. Victor Square Hospitality, which is the LLC that Greg Morris owns, has the lease and then also owns the liquor license. And they signed, I think, the original lease in 2015, and then they amended it in 2017. But the portions that weren't amended from the 2015 lease remained the same. So in Schwartz and Sandy's is at 1917 North Bronson Avenue in L.A., It's very common when you sign a lease with a commercial property owner that the rent will go up every certain number of years. Yeah. So I guess if we're looking at 2019, it's $16,500. If we skip ahead to 2022, you're looking at $19,096. So that is the rent. Yeah, it's high. I mean, that's a lot of money (laughs) for a space. Another thing to know is that when you lease a space for a restaurant from a commercial property owner, you're also on the hook for a lot of other things like maintenance fees, your proportionate share of costs and 
management of parking and common areas. And in this case, it's almost 20%. It's 19.59% of those expenses. So that's another cost. It's a lot. Yeah. So I guess what is the benefit here of him owning the lease? We don't know what kind of deal Schwartz and Sandoval have with Greg specifically, but here... <laughs> Greg Morris and Victor Square LLC have quite a bit more power. And then the commercial property owner has even more power. So Greg has the lease. He's allowing Schwartz and Sandy to operate a restaurant in there. We don't know what their percentage shares are of that. But Greg's company owns the liquor license and Greg's company owns the lease. We know from what we've seen on Vanderpump Rules so far this season that Schwartz and Sandy are the ones paying the rent. So... (laughs) Greg has a liquor license, Greg has the lease, but he's having the rent paid by Tom and Tom. How much have they put in? So we know Sandoval took out the $235,000 loan on his house. We know Shorts tried to take out a loan on his house and he couldn't. Sandoval's parents also gave him $250,000 for the business. So that's half a million dollars from Sandoval. I guess we don't know how much Shorts put in. No, but but I mean... What we know from Sandoval alone is that that's almost half a million dollars for a business where they don't own the commercial property, they don't own the lease, and they don't own the liquor license. And then another thing to know is that the money they've put into remodeling someone else's property is not a good investment for Schwartz and Sandoval unless the business is hugely successful because improvements belong to the commercial property owner, not Schwartz and Sandoval or even Greg Morris. Here's an example from the commercial property lease. Title to all alterations, improvements, and additions of fixtures other than trade fixtures not permanently affixed to the premises that are so made or installed upon the premises by tenant, including but not limited to those attached to floors, walls, or ceilings of the premises shall vest in landlord and shall remain upon and be surrendered with the premises as a part thereof without disturbance molestation or injury to landlord at the termination of this lease. So all of these things that we've watched them put in and do, the the booths, the new fabrics, the wallpaper, the art installations, anything that they've done to improve the kitchen, that all belongs to the commercial property owner. So at least close to half a million dollars that we just know of that Sandoval has invested, unless this business is successful, that's a that's that's, that's really not great. What do you think about that, Sessie? Yeah, it's not great. But the reason I was asking, so like the benefit to Greg here, he's on the lease, but that means he's on the hook for the lease to the commercial property owner. But I'm assuming that that means that he has an agreement with Tom, the Toms, to pay him rent. And that if they can't pay him rent, that they're on the hook for the loss of rent. Like he has a, a means by which he can sue them for the rent if they stop paying. I just I, I just don't see a full benefit to Greg. It doesn't seem like he's totally scot-free here by being just on the lease and having them pay rent to him because he's still, if they're not able to pay rent to him, he's on it as a hook to the commercial property owner. I mean, Greg was going to so. have to pay the rent anyway, no matter what. So he's got somebody else paying the rent right now and investing all this money into, air quotes, improving the property, which actually the interior does look Like they did a good job, at least from what we've seen on the show so far. The benefit to Greg is he's got someone else paying the rent right now. Greg was always going to have to pay the rent. But it also, it sounded like the amount of rent that Greg owes, he might be slightly charging Schwartz and Sandy more than the 19,000 or whatever, because they were talking about something like $25,000 a month. Those types of things are in almost every commercial property lease because the property owners have all the leverage and control. For someone like Greg, this is normal. But what we're seeing is the difference here is it looks like Greg got the Toms to invest all the money into improving a space where they don't own the lease and he has them paying the rent. We don't know what their profit sharing or other agreement is. It could have been that they negotiated that they would get paid back first out of any profits since they invested so much money or maybe gotten a higher profit share since they took a ton of risk and had the ability to promote the bar on a national stage. We haven't seen their business agreement. We don't know. Yeah. And I do want to clarify that that is just that, that's what we know about the arrangement for the actual structure where the restaurant slash bar is. And like Angela alluded to, like, we don't know if they're each equal owners in the restaurant as a business. This article I found from the L.A. Girl dot com says 
teaming up with the Vanderpump star duo are co-owners Greg and Jolene, who are who own and operate a handful of LA's best and busiest restaurants. So that to me, I was like, wait, so those are the only co-owners? But I mean, I think Tom, the the Toms also have to own the business here, the restaurant. Well, but here's the thing, though. There's got to be, I think it has to be profit sharing or something because this involves a liquor license and there's really strict rules for liquor licenses. And the liquor license is owned by Victor Square LLC. Tom and Tom can't be on the liquor license and they're not on the lease. And then the business is run through Victor's Square LLC. That's what has the liquor license. And you can't. Okay. So, yeah. So it seems to be more what then this article makes sense. Calling Greg and Jolene the the owners of this actual restaurant. To me, when I first heard about this business, it kind of felt like even though they said that they invested so much money into this and are paying a lot of rent, but it kind of seems like they are attaching themselves to the Toms because of their fame and notoriety. And it's more a relationship where it's like you are the face of this business, but we're more funding it and we're relying on you guys to they're not fully funding it. Like Greg and Jolaine don't seem to be fully funding it, but they are relying on Schwartz and Sandy's fame to bring people in. The Toms talked about how they had a lot more creative control over. I mean, they're the ones putting the money in to modify the space that they don't own and that they don't have a lease to. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Legal team. Have you guys been on Quince's website recently? I shopped on there like three years ago for the first time and bought myself a bunch of cashmere sweaters. I lived in the black cashmere sweater, lived in it. And I hadn't shopped on there for a while because my cashmere sweaters lasted for a really long time. But I decided to go back on there and oh my gosh, have they completely expanded everything that they offer. The workwear, they have washable silk. And I mean, it's so affordable. I also shared with you all that I'm recently engaged and I'm in the middle of wedding planning. So anytime I'm shopping, I'm thinking about wedding, 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 wedding. And they have everything I need for the wedding. I just booked my honeymoon. We're going to go to Southeast Asia. It's going to be hot there. And I've been looking for good linen pieces. Guess what? Quince has good linen pieces and they start at only $30. Then I'm like, okay, we need to get our wedding bands. You know who has fine jewelry now? 14 karat gold quince. So I send the link to Avery and I'm like, you have to get your wedding band from here. It's affordable and it looks just like any other wedding band. I mean, it looks great. Another thing I'm doing, again, I have wedding on the brain. I want to look my best. So I'm like, okay, I really want cute little matching sets to go work out in. It's the only way I can get motivated. I have to like wear a cute little matching set. I've gotten really into Pilates and guess what? Quince has the matching sets. They look identical to matching sets I've already purchased from another sports brand. They have the same thing. And at a fraction of the cost, I was able to get two tops and one pair of pants for the same price that I could only get one set at this other sportswear place. I mean, come on. 
Quince is just killing it. If you've shopped there before, it's time to go back on again. They have just completely expanded the categories of goods that they have to offer. They're not just all about cashmere sweaters anymore. They have got a ton of stuff, and I highly recommend you go check it out. If you're ready to go try out Quince, go to quince.com slash docket to get free shipping and 365-day returns. That is q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash docket to get free shipping and 365-day returns. That is an amazing guarantee on their goods. So go check it out. I highly recommend it, guys. But they got more creative control. We saw them really trying to insert themselves with Lisa, with Tom Tom, and Lisa's like, no, I've got this. <laughs> I don't really need your help with how this looks. And Lisa even said that, yeah, when he was complaining, he's like, I think they really oversold. By he, I mean Greg. Their experience, take them back. And Lisa's like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all to say that you really have to think about who you're going into business with. And, mm -hmm. you know, Greg took a really big risk here because I think, like I said, he was attaching himself to people who he saw as having some celebrity status that could potentially bring people in because of that celebrity status. But I don't think Greg or anyone, no one saw this coming. And I think that just shows the importance of structuring your negotiations and your contracts in a smart way, maybe by including a morals clause, where if someone like the face of the business or one of your partners or a CEO or an executive does something, you can pull out of the contract right away. So a morals clause it's a contractual provision. It gives a company the unilateral right to terminate a contract or take other remedial action if the breaching party engages in misconduct that might negatively impact the company's reputation. It allows the company to quickly sever its relationship with the offending individual and distance themselves from that person and what that person did or is alleged to have done. Yeah, doesn't seem like this is the case here, however. <laughs> what do you mean? We have a bunch of examples we're going to talk about, but it doesn't look like, from what we can tell from how this is going down, that... Oh, that they have one? Yeah, that they have one. Oh, I thought you meant that it would be beneficial. I was like, I think this... <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I, yeah. I think they're very much regret not having one. But yeah, no, I'm saying I think Greg et al. are stuck with the Toms. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Yeah, and I I want to add like and the examples that we have that I'll I'll get into in a second, it it's all celebrities, but really you can put in a morals clause for anyone. It could be a non-celebrity at your company, but it usually is someone that's the exec or a partner or kind of the face of the brand. So, an example is when Josh Duggar had his criminal sexual past in May 2015 when that all came to light. TLC suspended and eventually canceled 19 Kids and Counting based on a morality clause. They were like, bye. Um, then there was Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Uh, he... <laughs> we had to bring oh, that you one up. want to talk about that? Yeah, I had to bring that one up because it has the Real Housewives relation because of Denise Richards. So Sheen sued Warner Brothers over his termination from Two and a Half Men. And there was a morals clause just like Sessie explained, but that clause, which was made public through the litigation, seemed to say that only actions constituting a felony offense would establish a breach. And quote, if producer is in if producer in its reasonable but good faith opinion believes performer has committed an act which constitutes a felony offense involving moral turptitude. I always like that phrase. <laughs> only ever seen it in legal documents involving mm -hmm. moral turptitude under federal state or local laws or is indicted or convicted of any such offense okay so for example jen shaw this would have applied to jen shaw <laughs> for her actions mm -hmm. however because charlie sheen did not get indicted or convicted of a felony they reportedly settled the case with warner brothers and they ended up paying charlie sheen 25 million so that did not work out Other for warner brothers well <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you mentioned Jen Shaw, but I really think that is what happened with Jen Shaw. Even yeah, though we've never been able to access a housewives contract because at BravoCon, Andy was just like we like separated from her. Yeah, you know, and she couldn't seek any. She didn't have any legal recourse from that. We didn't. We don't know that she filed a lawsuit against Bravo for ending her contract early, but 
it seems like that's what happened. That there yeah, was a morality and, clause and they were like, bye. Yeah. And I would agree. I would think that they would have that contract that would give them the right to do that. They being Bravo NBC to end it if someone does do something awful. <laughs> I mean, and we also uh, think that because as Ceci and I have talked about extensively in the podcast, until she pled guilty at the very last second, and, you know, that might be why she waited so long. She wanted to keep oh getting the income. Oh, my gosh. As soon as you said that, yes. it, it's, it came into my brain, too. Yeah. yeah. That's why she waited so long to, to plead guilty. To so, so she could keep getting yeah. paid. Because as soon as she pled guilty, then mm-hmm. that would have violated the morals clause. That has to be mm-hmm. a big reason. That has to be it. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah. Because the season ended with her pleading. Yeah. So other examples of this include... Paula Dean's cooking show being canceled after she made derogatory and racial remarks. Honestly, her show should have been canceled for encouraging so much butter consumption. But <laughs> that's another. I think the entire country story. of France is going to have a problem with that statement. But <laughs> oh no, she it was excessive. I've never, uh, wa- never watched. Lance her show. Armstrong was canceled from the Livestrong <laughs> Foundation after it was discovered he used performance-enhancing drugs. And so the reason we don't think there was a morality or morals clause in any agreement that Greg had with Schwartz and Sandoval is because he issued a statement after the news of the rumored affair occurred. This is from the Schwartz and Sandy's Instagram, and it says, In light of the recent news, we appreciate the many words of support But we also understand the outpouring of outrage that has been directed towards our business. However, those of us who are not famous have dedicated our time, hearts, and money to make this restaurant a reality. We, too, are disappointed by the current situation, as Ariana has always been a good friend and a great supporter of the restaurant. We appreciate that you may feel a certain way, but please understand that the livelihoods of others also depend on this business. There are far more people involved in this venture than just Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz. Our staff, from the waitresses and bartenders to the cooks and dishwashers, all have had nothing to do with this unfortunate situation. Please take that into consideration. The posting negative comments affects more than just the individual you may be upset with. Our goal has always been to create a place where our community can come and enjoy a fun atmosphere with good food and friendly service, and we intend to continue to focus on that endeavor. And wherever you found this from, it only had two likes at the time when you screenshotted it, which is also funny. (laughs) I think I found it from an article. One of those articles that's much faster at breaking news than I can ever be. Yeah, yeah, but we can't because of our jobs. <laughs> no, cannot keep up with that. Um, however, I just, my initial reaction to this was, well, you chose who you went into business with and you chose the Toms because you thought that they would bring people in. Like, you thought that, and you kind of have to assume some of the risk there. You hitched your cart onto this horse. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I feel bad for the people working there, of course. But why did you go into business with them? I, again, this just shows and I know that I am an openly admitted Lisa Vanderpump fangirl, but it just shows how smart Lisa is again. With Tom Tom, she made it very clear. These two each have 5%. This is my design. This is my business. This is blah, blah, blah. And she even... In conversations with Greg this current season, discussing the Toms, even said, no, they're not good at business. They're good at their little Instagrams and whatever else they do, but I don't want to be in business with them. I don't want them having 30% of something that we own. That's not what Ken and I are going to do. I have friends that are restaurant owners, and I do feel bad for the people there that got hired and our wait staff, our cooks. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't think those people should yeah. be punished. I just feel like when you are going into business with someone because of their fame and not necessarily because of their business acumen, which I don't know if that's the full reason he went into business with them, you have to do your due diligence and really see, like, will something occur down the road that might affect this? Like, I was gobsmacked when people went into business with Salt Bay. The guy who was a meme for just putting <laughs> salt on meat. There were many restaurants in New York, like on Park Avenue near Union Square with his face on it. I'm like, this is the most ridiculous business idea I've ever seen. And yes, you'll get some people in who know the meme and want to try the meat. 
but that can't last that long. And who the heck is Salt Bay actually? Like, what if, it, you know, what if something happens down the line with him? You don't know. Okay, so let's move on to talking about the cease and desist letter that Raquel sent her cast members last week. Do you want to talk about what cease and desist letters are? For those who are really interested in this discussion, we have a full episode all about cease and desist letters, the fun ones, the intense ones throughout pop culture history. So go check that out. But as a brief recap, what is a cease and desist letter? In plain language, it's simply a letter, typically from an attorney, saying, if you don't stop X, Y, and Z, we will sue you. Pretty simple. It's just a threat. (laughs) Yeah, it's a threat. And it has like no teeth to it. I mean, no legal teeth. It's not like it's starting a lawsuit. It can get behavior changed without having to start a lawsuit. But it's not like it's an official filing in court. You have to actually file the lawsuit. Right. So when Lala received her cease and desist letter from Raquel, she took to her Instagram stories and said in a very passionate monologue that Raquel's lawyer should have sent the cease and desist letter to her counsel. Send it to Daryl. Send it to Daryl. Like, I have never received a cease and desist letter or anything from another attorney to my personal email address. And she was appalled. And people tagged us. They messaged us. They were like, is this right? Like, did Raquel's Mickey Mouse lawyer break a professional responsibility rule? And I think no. Yeah, I agree. I don't think so. I agree. Yeah. And so the rule here that governs this is Rule 4.2. And it says, in representing a client, a lawyer shall not communicate directly or indirectly about the subject of the representation with a person the lawyer knows to be represented by another lawyer in the matter unless the lawyer has the consent of the other lawyer. I don't think Raquel's lawyer knew that Lala was represented by any counsel here. And how could they? No, I mean, she has an attorney for her divorce. But just because she has an attorney for her divorce doesn't mean that Raquel's lawyer would send the cease and desist to her divorce lawyer. If you have a legal issue and you go to an attorney, there's a representation agreement. And the representation agreement outlines specifically what that attorney is going to do for you. And it's typically a very discreet area because lawyers also want to protect themselves and not be on the hook for representing a client in a bunch of stuff that either they're not competent to, that they don't practice in, or that they're not going to get paid for. Just because she has a divorce lawyer and is going through a custody battle, that that, that doesn't mean that she, that divorce lawyer would be representing her in this type of situation, which is completely different and has nothing to do with family law or custody rights, her marriage to Randall or anything else. What Raquel's lawyer did, I think, is 100% fine and was the correct thing to do because she needed to get that letter specifying, here's the legal issues that concern this video, here's the criminal law that applies, here's the civil law that applies, if you have possession of the video, here's what will happen if you distribute it. And the people that could potentially have that video need that information right away. Like I said, when I when I just read the statute, the key is knowledge. So the attorney sending the letter would have to know that the person is represented and it has to be a lawyer within the scope of the representation. So here, there's no way Lala engaged in having this lawyer before she received the letter about the subject of the letter because she didn't know the letter was coming. Right. So there's no way that he was representing her in this matter because the matter hadn't started yet until she got the letter. So I don't know. And I put in a comment on Instagram. It's not like Lala is Target where you go on Target's website and find general counsel for Target, and then you can send a letter to Target's general counsel. I don't think Lava has someone that she calls her attorney. Well, now everyone knows who Daryl is, and I'll be sending stuff to Daryl, but, like, (laughs) she's not, it's not like she has it in an FAQ. Like, if you have a legal issue with me, Daryl's my counsel for everything. Right, right. And it's not like... This was supposed to go to Lala individually. Lala, I'm sure, has businesses registered for her makeup and 
whatever else it is that she does. And when you have an LLC or a corporation, you're registered with the state, wherever that was started, and then you have a registered agent so that if someone wants to sue you, they can contact the registered agent and send it directly to them, and then the registered agent forwards it on to whatever counsel. But here, there's says he's exactly right. Until this issue came up, it wasn't an issue. So you wouldn't have retained counsel for an issue. Like, take, for example, we know Queen Lisa Barlow has, what, seven, eight lawyers? A lot of lawyers. Just because she yeah. has all those lawyers doesn't mean that they're engaged for every new legal issue or that you would even know which one of the eight lawyers to send it to. <laughs> right. Yeah, so turning to who Daryl is. So I actually looked this up before the Law 360 article went out because I was like, I wonder who Daryl is. Send it to Daryl, her counsel. But Law 360 got him on a phone call and did a full interview with him after the send, a, send it to Daryl thing happened. And he was like, I, I didn't even like, what's a meme? I'm a meme. I didn't know I was a meme. But Daryl D. Miller works at the law firm Fox Rothschild. And he's an entertainment lawyer. He does transactional entertainment work. So negotiating his talents deals. He has negotiated NeNe Leakes multiple deals like her deal on Broadway. I think he was involved with her deal for the show Glee. He's also represented some other housewives. He has a great roster of clients and great work. He also has written a book about how to become financially successful in the entertainment space. So he's legit. He's a legit lawyer. And in the Law 360 article, I thought it was really funny. At the very end of the article, he said that uh, the Raquel's lawyer had never had still not sent him a letter, but he would be sending something to Raquel. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so the- I guess let's talk about what the letter is about because we didn't actually address it just from what we know. It's rumored we don't have the letter, but do you want to talk about it? First of all, just from the outset, I'm not condoning anyone's actions in any of this, but I think it was fair to send a letter According to what are apparently substantiated rumors, Ariana discovered this video on Tom's phone of a sexual nature depicting acts occurring between Tom Sandoval and Raquel. And that's how Ariana discovered this whole affair. So it's apparently an explicit video. And that's what prompted Ariana to confront Raquel. And then that's what prompted Raquel to, I guess, spill the beans to Sheena. So there's a video out there. And the letter was sent to state that one, according to the letter, Raquel did not consent to the video, the FaceTime video being recorded. And then two, it was not to be distributed and that it would violate some California laws if it was distributed. Did I get that right? Yeah, that's what I understand it to be. I mean, I I asked for anyone that had the letter to send it over to us so we could read about it. But that's my understanding as well. And so typically these laws are called revenge porn laws. I think that's a little bit, it makes it sound like there has to be some sort of malicious intent involved or like you're getting revenge and that's why it's being shared. But it really is about consent and privacy like it does not have to be a necessarily malicious sharing of this content to violate the statute and it didn't come around until fairly recently like this was not illegal until I want to say the early 2010s so and when it first came out it was only about really websites that hosted the material so like a a pornographic website that had this material on it. And it's since been expanded to individuals, like we'll read when we get to the law. One example I wanted to give of it was the most hated man on the internet. I don't know if you saw that documentary on Netflix, but did you see it? No, but I actually, I have it on my list. I have not watched it yet, though. It's good. I mean, it's... It's a good quality documentary. The subject matter is atrocious because this man used to get people to submit intimate videos that had been shared with them in private and post them online. And he ended up going down. I guess I won't spoil it, but it wasn't necessarily because he was hosting the content. But his arrest and the investigation did lead to stricture 
laws around this type of sharing of intimate content. The California law states that any person who commits any of the following acts is guilty of disorderly conduct, a misdemeanor. So it starts out as a misdemeanor and it says, a person who intentionally distributes or causes to be distributed the image of an intimate body part or parts of another identifiable person or an image of the person depicted engaged in an act of sexual intercourse, sodomy, oral copulation, sexual penetration, or an image of masturbation by the person depicted or in which the person depicted participates under circumstances in which the persons agree or understand that the image shall remain private, the person distributing the image knows or should know that distribution of the image will cause serious emotional distress and that person depicted and the person depicted suffers that distress. So distribute means exhibiting in public or giving possession. Identifiable is identifiable. Intimate body part means any portion of the genitals, the anus, and in the case of a female, also includes any portion of the breast below the top of the area, below the top of the areola that is either uncovered or clearly visible through clothing. All right. So that's the law. And I think it's a fair issue for Raquel to be worried about. And I think it was fair for her to try and get ahead of it from being shared at all. Participating in the act by which the video was apparently created was definitely not fair to Ariana. But I completely agree that this video should not be distributed without Raquel's consent. But so far, it doesn't look like anybody has. I mean, we don't know, but it doesn't look like anyone has. And even if it might technically fit the definition of the statute, if Ariana sent it to Raquel saying, what the hell is this? I don't think a prosecutor would charge that, even if it could technically fit under the rule. All right. So Raquel also separately filed for a restraining order against Sheena. And before she filed this, the rumor was that Sheena and Raquel were filming Watch What Happens Live. And that evening is when Ariana found out about the affair between Raquel and Tom. And either, like we said, messaged either Raquel or Sheena or both saying, this is going on, what the heck? And Sheena, in an effort to defend Ariana, supposedly got into a physical altercation with Raquel. And so what Raquel did was filed for a restraining order, and she also filed for a temporary restraining order. And the way it works is it's a pretty straightforward form and there's a lot of self-help resources out there so if you feel like you need an order of protection you don't necessarily need to go to an attorney to file one of these there's a lot of information out there on how to do it and so as part of the application she had to say in her own words Raquel did what happened and she wrote on 3-2-2023 pushed against brick wall causing injury to back of head and punched me in the face, causing injury to my left eye. Currently, mutual friends and co-workers are telling me she doesn't regret the physical attack on me and would do it again if she found that further emotional distress was caused to our mutual friend. And she claims that she received a black eye and cut slash scar to the left eyebrow, blurred vision, and swelling to the left eye. And she included images of the um, injury and as well a report from when she went to urgent care the weekend after this occurred. And so the way it works is that she was granted the temporary restraining order, and a temporary restraining order is only granted if you have fear of imminent and irreparable harm. And so that's why Raquel in her statement had to say that she felt that if she saw Sheena again, that it would it might happen again. And she requested that Sheena can't come more than 100 yards of Raquel. And the court ended up granting that. And that was granted only on the evidence which Raquel submitted. And that is, in effect, the temporary restraining order until the date of the hearing of the actual restraining order, which is here, March 29, 2023. And so the at the hearing, Sheena will have a fair opportunity to provide her evidence and argue against a 
more permanent restraining order. So like I said, this one is just a temporary restraining order. It's only based on one side of the evidence here, Raquel's. It's not based on anything Sheena has submitted, and it's only in effect until March 29th. Yeah. And to be clear, because I think sometimes there's some confusion, Raquel did not go to the police. She did not make a police report. She did not do anything to initiate a criminal case against Sheena. The temporary restraining order is civil in nature. For emergent situations, particularly with domestic violence, it's important to be able to get a temporary restraining order. But that's why it only lasts for a brief period of time before the other side has the opportunity to present evidence. And then people were also questioning why, yeah, like you said, why she didn't get a criminal report done and then why she waited so long to go to the urgent care and then file the restraining order. And I don't really think that's a fair thing to be questioning. It sounds like it happened in the late hours after Watch What Happens Live in New York, and then she had to come home, and then the injury, if it's there, probably got worse over time, and then she had to make time to go to urgent care, and then that was over the weekend, and then she filed it two days later. So, I don't know, I'm playing devil's advocate to everyone in the comments of the posts, but I just don't, it just doesn't feel right to be questioning the timing of everything. Yeah, and to be clear, Ceci and I both 100% agree and are adamant that physical violence is never okay. It's never the answer. It was not appropriate for anyone to be hitting anyone else over the situation if that's what occurred. We've watched a lot of punches get thrown on Vanderpump rules. We watched Sandoval punch Jax. Stassi slapped Kristen. I think there's probably been several more that I'm not even thinking of right now. And if it did happen and Raquel didn't make a police report when she could have, that's also, you know, maybe Raquel was being benevolent towards Sheena and didn't want her to have a criminal charge if it actually did happen. Yeah. What does Sheena say? Right. Yeah. So Sheena and she, like I said, she'll get her chance to present her evidence on the 29th. But she said this entire case is a fabric. Well, this is her counsel. This entire case is a fabrication by a known liar and a cheat who has betrayed everyone close to her. Sheena never punched Rachel, period. The supposed dark markings around her left eye have been there for months. So, yeah, I guess we're just going to keep finding out more as this goes on. I have to say, though, this is the first time where a scandal like this has broken and then the rumors so far keep continuing to be substantiated. It kept waiting for things to come out. Yeah. Oh, that didn't happen. Or, oh, that wasn't right. Because there were immediately rumors of Sheena punched Raquel that came out like really quickly. I kept waiting for it to be, oh, that was reported, but it didn't happen. But things keep getting substantiated. The video, the yeah. affair, the supposed altercation. There's outside what Sheena denies it, but there's evidence filed by Raquel. Photos. Yeah, and there's photos. I think that's another thing that makes this reality TV scandal just so much more compelling is that rumors came out about it immediately and then it's like nothing so far has been totally disproven. I mean, the matching necklaces, there's evidence of that. There's just so much. It's kind of mm -hmm. like a house of cards that just all yeah. folded. And everyone's like looking now for clues. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Coming back through the episodes with a magnifying glass. But yeah, it's it keeps on giving. It's a really unfortunate situation. I almost wish it wasn't so juicy because, you know, horrible for Ariana. I'm hoping that Ariana ends up... We're all up, talking about it. This is a bad situation all around. Again, physical violence is never the answer. People are human. They make mistakes. What happened to Ariana was terrible. While this is a bad way for a relationship to end and is very unfortunate, Ariana has so much goodwill and everyone wants her to succeed. Hopefully this can eventually turn into something really positive and maybe they'll get their sandwich shop opened and get investors. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we're going to leave that here and we'll, of course, keep our eye on it and follow up if anything ever happens. I did want to announce, and I meant to do this at the beginning of the episode, but we are going to try to release some form of an episode every week now. You guys... In our reviews, I think the most commonly stated thing is we wish you had more content, more episodes. <laughs> so we are going to try and make that a reality. 
This is an example of one of our longer form episodes where we kind of cover a number of subjects into an hour long episode. Our episodes, for the most part, every other week will cover maybe one topic, maybe two topics, maybe one pleading, some of your questions, just a much shorter format, maybe 15 to 20 minutes long, just to give you guys something to have in the in-between time. So be on the lookout for that. And our next episode will still be about the Gorgas. So do not fret. If you submitted a question, we will be getting to those. With the caveat, the lawyer caveat, that unless something else happens and we have to pivot like we did with this one, but hopefully things will calm True. down for the next, at least the next week. Us on our Instagram, our website, thebravodocket.com. If you have a specific thing that you want us to fix or correct, send it to our Gmail, the Bravo docket at gmail.com. And thanks, legal team. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Bravo Docket is part of the Acast Creator Network. <laughs> 